This is Corolla Digital. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, which, let's face it, you do, tell a friend. You can listen to us all sorts of places. A couple of them would be iTunes or AllisonRosen.com. We love hearing from you, so keep on sending your tweets and comments. We read every one of them. And don't miss the chance to take our very important listener survey at podcastone.com. Your responses will help us to make this show the very best it can be. It'll only take about three minutes of your time, and you'll get the instant gratification that comes with knowing you helped us out. You can tell us how you really feel about the show and help us get to know you better. Do it now. Take the survey at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. And keep those tweets and comments coming. Hey everyone, hi, hello, it is me, Allison Rosen, and I am sitting here with Jenny Johnson, fan favorite. Yeah. I know you're a fan favorite because you tweeted about the fact that you were headed over here, uh-huh. and I've been getting all sorts of tweets from people who are super excited to listen to this episode, this episode that hasn't even happened yet, because it's happening right now. I feel the pressure. <laughs> I feel the pressure, the well, Twitter pressure. You're holding yourself together very, very well. I know, I'm about to lose it. So, for people who don't know who you are, although I feel like a lot of people know who you are. Yeah, I mean, I think most people just assume, oh, you're the girl from Twitter. Right. Which from- is, you know, very flattering. <laughs> but you are. I mean, you are from Twitter. Not I, originally, but... Not originally, no, but <laughs> it is kind of funny because, you know, like, I was a news producer for 12 years. I, I have, you know, I'm writing a book. I have other things I do, but I, you know, it's funny that, yeah, oh, you're the girl that writes dick jokes on the internet. <laughs> but mm-hmm. also who mm-hmm. got into it with Chris Brown. I did get into it with Chris Brown. It looked like, he didn't he just do something recently? Like, I feel like he's always just doing something yeah, recently. Like he, he just pushed a girl in the face or something. Did he? What I happened? think it was actually her fault. Like she was drunkenly trying to kiss him. Yeah, or something. like she grabbed his face, and he like. I mean, Shut fair enough. Up. I could kind of get that, but still. So when, you feel like you when throw you a little some, extra into it. Yeah, when you uh, when you beat a girl up, you just kiss the drunk girl. <laughs> right. Just go with it. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about. Well, so where are you from originally? I'm from Bay City, Texas. It's just south of Houston. And it's a small town, like 18,000 people. And I went to Sam Houston State University in Huntsville, Texas, Mm -hmm. also home of the Texas Department of Corrections, where everyone's executed. A little bit of trivia for you. Wow. (laughs) You must be so proud. I am. I'm not going to lie. Pretty exciting. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so I've I've lived... If you were to be executed, is that where you would want it to be? Well, you know, it feels like home. (laughs) You know, you want to die in your home, right? Nobody wants to, you know, die elsewhere. Um, no, and I've lived in Austin, San Antonio, Houston, never Dallas, home of Ebola now, which is right. exciting. As of, as of, well, when you hear us, it'll be, you know. Last Tuesday. Right, last Tuesday. Thank you. Yeah. But as of today, it would just happen. So, yes. you know, Texas did it first. <laughs> <laughs> but you st- stayed in Texas for a while. So do I you did. love Texas? I do love Texas. Um, I've been out here for like... 
just over a year now. But I love it out here in L.A. I mean, you can't really beat the weather. It's nice. And did you move here to pursue comedy and writing? I did. I mean, I had been I had been writing comedy for a while and I was consistently flying out here. It felt like probably once a month I was out here and I was going through a divorce. So I just went, you know, let's give this. There was really no reason for me to continue being in Houston. Mm -hmm. And I thought, all right, let's do a change of scenery. Try something new. If I don't like it, always go back. But I love it out here. Yeah, I can't complain. How was the adjustment? Oh, it was fine for me. I mean, I'm not one of those people that freaks out by change. A lot of people are. But for me, I welcome it. It's not like a big, you know, jarring thing for right. me. So when I moved out, I was just like, oh, cool. Let's let's try this. Let's, you know, find something new, new chapter. And you were a news producer for 12 years, you said, in in, in Texas. Texas. Yeah. Is that what you went to college for? Like, Is yeah. that what you wanted to do originally? Yeah, I have my like broadcast journalism degree and uh, I minored in English. So, so I always wanted to write and I was always freelance writing while I was producing news. But it just kind of like everything that I wrote for was a free publication in Austin. You know, it just kind of it went nowhere. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I was like when Twitter came about and I started writing all my jokes on Twitter, that's when I started getting like traction offers from like, hey, GQ would like you to write something instead of this blah paper that nobody, you know, no one reads. So it was like. So they you got offers for. Uh, magazine pieces just from Twitter. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it was cool. But, it, you know, so for me, it was like I had been doing this for so long on the side because I loved writing comedy. And it was also like a nice outlet when you're writing about murders and apartment fires. And <laughs> then you can go, OK, now I can write something completely silly just to, like, clean your palate almost mm-hmm. like after, you know, writing something so horrible. So it was really nice. Like, all of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, OK, let me give this a shot. And it just kept working out. I, I got more offers. I wrote a piece for a Glamour magazine of all things. <laughs> I've written for Grantland.com a bunch. Um, so I've just I've been able to to take that, you know, Twitter writing these jokes to writing long form material. And I ended up getting an agent and a manager and all that good stuff and, you know, a book deal. And so it's it's cool. What's your book about? So I know you're finishing your book now and then yeah. you have another one as well that you're yeah. doing after, right? Um yeah, hopefully, <laughs> we'll hope this book does good. It's called Immature Adult. It's just a series of uh, essays of kind of some absurd, some true stories, some exaggerated, but just a lot of things that I did. Um, you know, and the reason I'm immature, you know, I can't hear the word 69. I giggle. You know, like <laughs> all the things that, you know, I'm the one in the crowd that I always feel like I'm super immature. And how I grew up with like, being in Texas and my parents being conservative, but my dad was really silly and my mom is very like junior league, Texas, mm-hmm. big hair, you know, just don't say that. It's not polite. And so like I'm the opposite of her. <laughs> so that's kind of what the book is about. Just a little bit of, you know, mm-hmm. my life. Um. So both of your parents were conservative, though. Yeah, I mean, I'd say my dad less so. My dad was probably he's he was more he always considered himself to be more like independent. Where my mom is like she watches Fox News all day. So. <laughs> was there pressure for you to be that way? Not really. I mean, you know, I my sister she's two years older than me. She's certainly not that way. I mean, I'm I really I hate politics so much because I think politicians are so crooked across the board. It doesn't matter what side you're on. So it's like you can go vote for someone, but it's it's the lesser of 
too, you know, like, does it really matter? Where my mom's like, if Obama's reelected, world's going to blow up. You know, like, she really just felt very strongly about it where I was like, you're watching a little too much Fox News. But then on the same thing, I don't like watching MSNBC. I think they're right. both like super partisan. Like, give me CNN, just give me the news and go on. Mm-hmm. I don't like to be persuaded. So when you were doing, when you're producing morning news, two questions. Or no, 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 sorry, not morning news, five o'clock news. Yeah, but I did. I mean, I did all of it because like when you're in news, you have to, I mean, I work that shitty overnight weekend, get to work at 10 o'clock at night. You leave at 7 a.m. I mean, you're just like a walking zombie. But I had done it long enough that I got to a place where I had a good a good schedule. Mm-hmm. But it is like it wears on you a bit. Yeah, I um, used to do early early morning news in in New York local news, and I didn't I didn't actually do news. I did a segment where I talked about events going on in the city, so yeah. not uh, not apartment fires and murders and things, but. Um, I bounced around in that building enough to sort of get a feel for the news producers. And it just, A, seems like it ages people really fast. And B, <laughs> seemed like some of the most middle-of-the-road people in terms of sensibility. Yeah. So I'm wondering, did they know that you wrote comedy and how did that work? Uh, I was kind of like outed basically with my Twitter page. <laughs> and I just was taken into uh, the news director's office and all they asked was that – I not say the name of the station because I wasn't an on-air personality. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't so, you know, in everyone's face because I was behind the scenes. But they were like, you're getting more and more popular. Just don't name the station because of what, you know, the content. I was like, all right, fine. So that was was the extent of it. But it was kind of funny. I think like Pat Oswalt retweeted something and it was something that I I think it was a bit – grotesque mm-hmm. and i recall like people in the newsroom starting to kind of like turn around and like is this <laughs> you know is this you and i was like uh-huh okay and then <laughs> and because you know he was popular and that's you know with twitter everything which is kind of interesting it's word of mouth you know mm-hmm. it's like especially during that time i don't think it's so much anymore because how long were you have you been on it um Gosh, I probably got on Twitter. I know I resisted it for a little while, and I thought the word tweet sounded funny. Mm-hmm. But maybe since 2007 or 2008. Okay, so I was, you know, but you know, like, you know, the Friday follows, like, no one even does that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like. Oh, yeah, that was such a big thing. Yeah, and that's how, you know, you got more followers. And I almost think now the way that, like, myself or people like uh, Rob Delaney or Kelly Oxford, like, we got in at this time. And I just don't think that – I think that time has passed for people trying to do it. Now, it was, like, the first people that were really, like, writing jokes and that kind of came out of nowhere. Right. And it could be something like – with Patton retweeting me, I could get 5,000 new followers like that. And now it's just not – you know, at best, maybe if he, you know, he retweeted me the other day and I just thought, let me look and see how this, you know, and I just kind of looked at my follower account and I think it was like, you know, 150. Mm-hmm. It just kind of, I feel like it's just kind of plateaued out. Like people are, there, there's so many more people on it now than there were, you know, at that time. And it's an interesting thing, though. I think I find it kind of fascinating. I don't know if it'll ever, like, I think I'm more interested in Instagram right now. I find that funnier for some reason. I don't know, pictures with. Yeah, I'm trying to think who – and by the way, I joined in August of 08. Gary looked it up for me. Thank you. I'm trying to think who the last 
person that all of a sudden everyone was following on Twitter was? Shit my dad says? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, no, there's been more stuff recently, but... But, I mean, like, I really can't think of somebody who's kind of broke out through Twitter in a long time. I mean, it, it really does feel... It's kind of funny. Like, it just feels like I got in at a good time and, you know... But you can't – Twitter won't get you anywhere. It's like – I was trying to explain this to someone one time. It's like it's free. So you're you're almost like a drug dealer. It's like I'll give you these jokes for free but because I, I hope to get mm-hmm. something bigger, you know, right. like a book deal. Like, you know, it's like you you have to give it away so you can get – Get something back. In the very early days of Twitter, I so when I lived in New York, I used to go on Red Eye all the time. You've done Red Eye, I've done right? Red Eye, yeah. And Andy Levy and I had a contest to see who could get more Twitter followers, and we were both in the less than a thousand at this point, mm-hmm. I think, or maybe definitely less than five thousand. Uh-huh. I mean, it was like very, very early on. Yeah. Early on to the point where I could have more followers than he did, because now he's eclipsed me. I don't know how many he has now, but a lot. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I just remember talking to him, saying. This amassing of followers. I know it's all going somewhere. Like, it's got to lead to something. Like, what are we doing collecting? It's like collecting points, you know? And he's like, this is not going anywhere. Yeah. Like, no, it has to pay off somehow. I don't know how. (laughs) Well, it's like, it's so embarrassing to admit, but I remember, like, at first, it was like the rush you would feel of getting, like, nailing a joke and getting, you know, retweets or getting new followers. And it was, like, super exciting. And now I'm, I'm like... I, I could care less. Well, it's just depressing when you look at, I don't know, who's someone who has like 19 million followers, like um, Nicki Minaj or something. And yeah. uh, and then you like they or a Kardashian and they oh. could just write hello and there's going to be 11,000 yeah. faves. I found one today that there's a lot of like the one thing with Twitter, you know, where it's good for some people such as myself. And then it almost makes you like look at. You know, if you had some hero, some celebrity that you just thought was super great, and then you realize they got on Twitter and then they can't spell, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like this person that you once admired, you're like, they don't know the difference between you your or and your. your. <laughs> like, I have talked about that before. The point in my dating life when email started becoming popular, which makes me sound like I'm 500 years old. I'm not that old. How old are you? But I, I'm 39, so I'm old. I'm 36, so yeah, you are old. <laughs> Thank you. But I had this realization today, and I'm going to cling to it. I'm holding out a pencil. That's how much I'm making this realization. And a mechanical pencil. I'm not even that. 36. And a, I mean 36. You're, I'm not even 39 and a half yet. Yeah, you're I'm definitely on this. No. November 11th is my half birthday. I'm definitely on this side of 39. Okay. So that's really something to cling yeah. to. <laughs> anyway, though, I remember when email became the way to com- or a, a popular way to communicate. That makes me sound super old. Right. But I remember for the first time realizing, oh, these musicians who, for some reason, I keep wanting to date, now I'm realizing how uneducated they are, and that is a turnoff. And mm-hmm. this is, sorry for the people who've heard this before, but... No, it's a boner killer. Like, you're like, yeah. oh my God, that guy's so hot. And then you follow him on Twitter, and you're like, holy, sh- how do you walk and chew gum at the same time? I was having a conversation about an amp, I think, with this guy, because I used to play in a band. And he was like, I would never play with this kind of amp. Too much power. T-O, much power, and like 13 exclamation points. <laughs> now, I used to have a real hardline stance on exclamation points. 
I was a strictly one, and yeah. that's it. Unless it's somebody's birthday, then it's but three. But now, now, for some reason, I'm totally okay with a lot of them. I don't know why. I think it's all – it. the ex- excessive punctuation started as a way to get around my I don't want to use an emoticon thing. But even uh-huh. that's melting away. Now I'm just a 13-year-old. Well, even with that, like a lot of people will tweet or write something in all caps. And I found it really funny that people – like if I – if I met someone, say, through Twitter. Like, we followed each other, and then all of a sudden, just by chance, we meet. And I'm pretty, like, you can probably tell by my voice, like, a building could blow up, and I don't get very animated. Mm -hmm. So if I tweeted in all caps, consistent exclamation points, and then you met me, you'd be like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So not what I thought. And I found more people like that, that it's kind of hilarious. Like, they come across, like... Um, you know, like really in your face and real bubbly and bright. And then you meet them and it's like they're buried in their phone and awkward. I, and it's so hilarious to me that it's like that's why you use the all, all That's caps. so funny that you say that. I never thought about that as being a phenomenon. But I think I'm like that because I remember a long time ago someone in New York inviting me to this thing who I think he knew me primarily online. And he's like, you're so much smilier online. And I, I, I'm like, <laughs> no. And I said, oh. I'm sorry. He's like, no, no, I like it better in person, which maybe was a save. I think he liked that I came across as sort of moody and sad in person. (laughs) I don't know. I remember when I started working at the OC Weekly, a lot of, I guess the staff wasn't told that we're hiring a new person. So suddenly I was there and I don't know, months later, someone said, yeah, for the first month you were here, I was just like, who's that sullen intern? I was, I was an editor, not an intern, (laughs) but, um, the point of all this was, yes, I think that I'm always overcompensating in written communication to right. be really like, hi, and perky yeah. and energetic. And when in person, I'm not really like that. No. And it, I, I find it really like – or girls do this more where it's like they always will write, yay, or you know, like <laughs> something that's really just – you just feel like they're just – it sprinkles eating a cupcake, yeah, you know, uh, with their BFFs. Yeah. And, you know, it, I just like that people can almost like create a personality that's not them. And and even like with Instagram, which I find funnier, where people, their lives look amazing. Oh, yeah. You know, about curating their lives. Yeah. And then you meet them in person and not so much. It's like, oh, you just have been posting these pictures and like staging them to make it look like your life rips and then my husband just today said do you mind if i post this photo to instagram and it's a photo of me in bed with the dog next to me mm-hmm. and <laughs> i was like i kind of like because there were two photos that he was choosing between i kind of like this other one better and the reason that i didn't want him to post the one of me in bed is because there's two fresca cans on the nightstand and i just don't want to hear shit about the fact Your that... Your fresca can? <laughs> yes! But it's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. okay, I don't know. I don't know what image am I preserving. I, but I've almost gotten over the top with Instagram. Like, I don't want to ever post, like, a really good picture of myself because it's better when somebody goes, oh, you're much better looking in person. And then I go, oh, thanks. Because I, I literally... I, I was like going through, I'm like, all oh, my pictures, I look like a bag of shit. Like every one of my pictures, I'm like working out or just gross, no makeup. But I do it because I get so annoyed with the girls that'll wake up and put makeup on and curl their hair and then like take a T-shirt and kind of put it off their shoulder right. and then be like, oh, bedhead, hashtag, you know, <laughs> know. just woke up. I feel like all the women who yeah. are super popular on YouTube or Vine, that's that's all, it. all of their videos are like that. It's like, I just woke up and I'm so tired. And then you're like, you just spent like an hour 
getting that photo right. for Instagram. You know, and it's just so stupid. So I think I'm like rebelling against that by not posting. And then occasionally if I've ever posted something where maybe I had my picture taken for something and I had like professional mm-hmm. makeup and everyone's like, wow, that's a really good – you should look – you know, do that more often with your hair. And with like, People <laughs> will just like – you know, because people's comments are – Awful all the time. Beyond. Like, yeah. The things that people... Actually, that's not true. Not awful all the time, but it's awful sometimes. Well, some people are just like... They, I don't know if they feel like they know you. So I they think so. feel like... You know, when I was going through my divorce and like I'm moving out and I'm posting pictures of the move and people would just go, where's your husband? Are you getting divorced? And they'll post this on Instagram, a stranger, mm-hmm. and expect that I'm going to go... Yeah, you know, turd foot 69, I am getting a, you know, like, it's weird to think that somebody just could ask you something personal. I actually think it's because they don't know you. (laughs) Initially, I said, I, because I have the same thing, like, they feel like they know you so they can say whatever they want. I think it's because they know they're talking to someone they don't know that they can say whatever they want. Because they probably wouldn't say that to one of their friends. Yeah, I would, I would, I assume that they wouldn't, but it is kind of like, it's, interesting to me the way that people will take a liberty of just or like feel like shitty things like i posted a picture on sunday which i love that on amc they do that breaking bad marathon and i was like you know i hashtagged it sunday fund and it was just basically my feet and you can see (laughs) that it said breaking bad on my tv and everyone's like oh such a great show that was pretty much most of the the comments and then one guy's like oh nice you know giraffe feet never post pictures of your feet again Nice what? Giraffe feet? Giraffe feet. Oh, giraffe feet. And I was like, okay, you're telling me what to put, like, who the fuck are you? You know, like, I was so annoyed with it, and then I just thought, you know. We have a little thing that we like to say to people like that. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Beautiful. Thank you. I may borrow that. Speaking of online stuff, do you use Audible? Do you listen to audiobooks? Uh, I don't. I prefer to read. Oh. Well, if ever... Not um, to brag. <laughs> oh, I do I see, know how to read. I see what we're dealing with. Okay, well, it was a ever, humble not brag. everyone enjoys reading with their eyes. Some people like to listen with their ears. But, you know, sometimes you just want a book that's a little more portable. And by that, I mean, if you're walking or... I mean, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not going to be reading a book while you're walking or no. while you're driving. Or maybe you would be, actually. No, I don't But you could that. be listening to one. And I would recommend Audible. Audible is a leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. I am listening to, and I recommend, I Can Barely Take Care of Myself, Tales from a Happy Life Without Kids by Jen Kirkman, guest of Alice from Rosen is Your New Best Friend and super funny woman and wonderful writer. You can purchase individual books or for real savings, sign up for the Audible listener program, which gives you book credits every month for a low fee, over 150,000 titles in every genre of fiction, history, romance, mysteries, thrillers, etc., Get a free audiobook and a 30-day trial today by signing up at www.audiblepodcast.com slash BFF. That's audiblepodcast.com slash BFF. Okay. So let's talk about your divorce, if you're okay with talking about that. <laughs> it's fine. You were married for seven years, right? Yeah. And you guys grew apart? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it happens. You know. But he... He's a great guy. I mean, there was nothing like there was no bad blood or anything, but it's he was living in Dubai for work. And, we, you know, just people grow apart. It happens. It's, you know, it's an unfortunate part of of life. But, you know, I think that I'm a young person and 
you know, much younger than you. Right. And I, I remember, I, I remember when I felt that way, though. I remember what it was like, kind of. Yeah. And so I just went, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I got plenty of life left in me, and I, I still, you know, I want to be happy, and, and I wasn't, and so I fixed it, and you know, I don't feel like it's a big, you know, I know some people get like very upset, and they're like, yeah, some I just people felt, a divorce just crushes them. Yeah, and I. And I don't know if maybe it's because I filed for divorce and maybe I feel like, you know, since I feel like I left, therefore, maybe it's not as hard. But I still, you know, I still do actually kind of feel, that, you know, that it was equally as hard because I had to make that choice. Right. And I had to, you know, like have that talk. And I'm really, which surprises most people, I'm very non-confrontational. Like I would rather just send an email. Mm-hmm. And then even when a reply comes back, I'm like... You know, I'm that way too. I hate the, you know, I do hate, you hate like, instant message just like I do. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's I don't, too fast. Yeah. It's like, I just, I'm not that kind of, you know, those people that are just like big, bold, like in your face and the, mm-hmm. you know, like that. I'm the opposite of that. Like, I will tell you like in the softest way possible something and, you know, like, so that was, that was actually the harder part for me. That stressed me out more. Telling him. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I wish him all the best. There's no, there's no bad blood at all. How long had he been in Dubai? Oh uh, well, he was always traveling there. But then when he actually had to go to help, like, start up this uh, company that he was working with, um, um, like a year and a half. So it was like a year, a year and a half that you guys lived apart. Yeah, basically. we basically, you know, we saw each other when he came back. You know, and we tr- we would travel. Like I would fly to see him but it just felt very like all of a sudden i felt like i was living alone with you know the two dogs and it just started feeling kind of like very distant so i thought all right let's i need to do something different Mm -hmm. it just feels weird and so i fixed it for how long were you feeling like this needs to happen i don't know that's hard to say i mean like i think you have those moments of feeling that way and then you don't and then all of a sudden those moments start becoming more, mm-hmm. you know, first they're few and far between and then it just grows and grows. So I can't really pinpoint how long, but all of a sudden it was just like, that was my constant feeling. And then I knew, okay, this is, did you try I mean, did you guys talk about it? Yeah. Yeah. But I had, I think mentally had checked out, mm-hmm. you know, like, and once I'm not a person that's like, you know, if you fall out of love, I'm not one that can go back. I've, I don't ever, know that anyone can. But every, you know, you, you know those people. I don't know if you're one of them, but like I, if I broke up with the, any boyfriend I've ever had, I've never gone back. You know, people that break up and get mm-hmm. back together all the time. Like I've never done that. Like once I make my mind up, you're done. I'm done, and I'm very confident in that decision. So once I was like, I knew mentally that it was it was over. Like. That was it for me. Like mm-hmm. I, I thought nothing, you know, nothing more of it. I just knew what I had to do. And divorce is a pain in the ass, but it's a relief when it's over It with. takes a while, right? Yeah, and it's a lot of money. Really? Yeah. Because of the lawyers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like consistently getting lawyer bills. You know, every email exchange, every phone call, you get a bill from your lawyer. Just like, is there a way to – I don't even know why I'm asking. It's not like, Daniel, don't worry. 
But is there a way to do it? No, you, you'll 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 need to know this <laughs> seven years from now. You'll, there. you'll appreciate this advice. You'll be Thank re-listening you. to right. this. Right. I mean, just no. theoretically, hypothetically, is there a way to do it without lawyers? Yeah, I, I think that if you the two of you know you can mutually agree on something oh, so yeah, that you can just go happen. and like but <laughs> that it never, never happens. happens it never happens and thank god we didn't have kids i mean i don't want to have children so i was like perfectly fine in that department but um but when people have kids i mean it's even worse you know our, my lawyer uh i remember him telling me that he had a client that he had to go to court for because the the wife was accusing him of child abuse mm-hmm. and then he gets to court and come to find out uh the kid got a sunburn at his house you know and it's like but people get so when it comes to their kids it's all bets are off you know right. and they both think they know what's best for the kid and even though they both love the kid it's like they have those that hatred for each other and it's you know the whole thing i, I remember when i first started realizing that those bills would come in and when i saw that it was email exchanges i was being charged for <laughs> I, I found myself like googling legal terms because i didn't want to email and ask i was yeah. like i'll figure this out on my own so like the whole time i'm like trying to become a, an attorney <laughs> so that i didn't have to be charged every time i emailed and said i'm not really quite sure what you mean here that sucks oh yeah it sucked but what like what kind of charge per email was it are you talking about i think it, i mean it was like 50 bucks or something an email i mean it was just something that's like just total lawyer shit right. you know and you're like i ask you one fucking question and that, fi- yeah. 50 bucks there you know it's <laughs> like and i didn't realize it until i got that first bill and of course i've been firing away emails at this dude mm. you know for a solid two weeks and then i got the bill and i was like jesus you know i should have read the fine print <laughs> um have you started dating again yeah, I mean, here and there, it's not, you know, something that is super on my plate right now. How do you feel about it, though? I'm fine with it, but I just think I'm, ha- you know, being out this, you know, once you rip the Band-Aid off, it's like just such a, you know, like, you just want to relax. And, you know, I'm, you know, I, I don't know, I'm just comfortable right now. I can't, you know, I can't complain. Mm-hmm. And you... The dogs that you ha- have or had? I have them. Oh, you? Oh, you, they came with you? I got custody, yeah. Did you actually have a custody battle over the dogs? Oh, oh. no. I mean, he was living in Dubai. What's he going to do? Like, yeah. You know? And the Basset Hound I had had um, first, and then we got the Labrador together. But, I mean, it just – he knew, you know, I'm like, I'm taking the dogs. And that, that it, wasn't a, it wasn't a thing. I mean, he had been gone, and I've been, right. you know. So, yeah, the dogs are at my house. Good. Swimming in my pool. <laughs> <laughs> At least that the sounds very, very the, cute. Yeah. The Basset Hound, not so much. She hates water. I've put her in the pool, though. She doesn't like it. So I had Lauren Savon on the show. Mm-hmm. And she said that you guys have a very similar backstory. We do have a similar backstory. Um, you know, both being in the news business, we were kind of like laughing about the fact that her ex and my ex were the same age <laughs> and they both had two kids and we're both in new, you know, like her and I are in news, though her ex was in news, mine was in the oil business. But there was just like funny similarities like that, like them being older than us with two kids, you know, and it was like the kids are about the same age. So we had a lot of, uh, and her and I are like, I think she's like two weeks older than me. Like we're just oh, very, she's super young too. Yeah. No, she's a baby. I and mean, she's pretty much a fetus. Um, so it's like we we figured out we had all these like weird things in common, but yeah, she's one of my best friends. 
And you guys met on Twitter? No, or we actually no, you... met through Andy Levy. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we both knew him and that's how that's how we met. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, earlier before we turned the mics on, we were talking about where you live and you were saying that you live at and I'm going to give out your exact address. Yes, no. please do. You're saying that you live in a place that not like you can't always get delivery to come there cuz it's mm. like somewhat remote, let's say. It's in I mean, it's in like the hills, which I I can generic say that cuz there's a lot of homes in the hills. It's in the hills and yeah, like my favorite I'll say this because maybe they'll drive up and give me, but Joe's Pizza on Sunday. That's my favorite pizza place. And I like getting pizza on Sundays. Can't do it. I got to go pick it up. And like, what's the point? You know what I feel like you need? What? You need Blue Apron because what they do is they Will send they bring you me Joe's Pizza. They'll bring you something <laughs> even better. They'll send you and and they will even they'll send it no matter where you live you I like live the way on the you moon segued into that thank you very smoothly i was trying yeah. i'm known for my seamless segues yeah, it was nice <laughs> definitely something that people appreciate mm-hmm. in me but anyway they'll send you everything you need to make a delicious meal and they send you all the ingredients and all the little fixins for it and it's all perfectly measured out so you can be just like I don't know if you ever watch cooking shows and you're like how does Rachel Ray have a thousand dishes with ingredients and it's all measured out you can be Rachel Ray. Which is my goal in life. I mean, come on now. <laughs> but it's more than just that. It's just that you can make it and it's super duper easy and it's convenient. And it's just nine ninety nine a meal. And meals are between 500 and 700 calories per serving. Way too low for how delicious they are. In fact, the last two nights I've come home and something unusual in my home. It smells like food and like someone's cooking. It's because Daniel has gotten into the Blue Apron and he made meals the last two nights. And I feel like... Could be wrong, but I feel like he sort of had this attitude of like, I've been here slaving over this stove. Aren't you going to be more appreciative? And I am appreciative, but I'm just saying, he's a stop being such a housewife. Okay, yeah. but here's some. I'll of give the- you my divorce lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> you can make green tomato burger with green tomato chow chow and old bay potatoes. You make North, North African eggplant tagine over whole wheat couscous, Mexican breakfast quesadilla eggs. <laughs> Turkey tonkatsu, all sorts of things that are super. Turkey tonkatsu, holy shit. You didn't tell me that was part of the deal. Oh my God. It's what's on the menu this week. Do you know that my stove doesn't even work? And I didn't even know it until my friend told me. They're like, you know, your stove doesn't work. I was like, no, that's how much I cook. Well, when you get that fixed, I would recommend I'll Blue, get Blue Apron. Apron. I'm gonna turkey to what tonkatsu. Yeah, that. end the stress of cooking right now. Go to blueapron.com/slash/allison and get your first two meals free. That's right, two meals free just for going to blueapron.com/slash/allison. All Man. right, here's a question for you then: If you have a non-functioning stove, do you have a functioning microwave? Uh, that was like the first thing I bought when I moved to my house. My husband, when I, I met him, gourmet in a microwave. I can. That's like how I am. Things can, that most people wouldn't cook in a microwave, I will cook in a microwave. I'll put anything in a microwave. Microwaves are amazing. I put like Eggo waffles in a microwave, which, you know, you're supposed to put those in a yeah. toaster, but I don't care. They get all soggy. It's fine. Everything it's goes cooked, in the microwave. Isn't it? That's right. It's That's cooked. how I feel. So my husband, when I first met him, which is before we were married, because we did not have an arranged marriage. Uh, when I first met him, didn't have a microwave. You because... didn't have an arranged marriage? No, I didn't. I know I seem like the type, but you no. Uh, because his ex-girlfriend mm. took the microwave and there, he was with her for seven years, which is almost like a marriage. 
And when they broke up, she took the microwave and he just never acclimated and decided he didn't need one. And one of the first things I said when we moved in together is we you gotta need get this a microwave. microwave. Yeah. But I microwaves are practically free now. I mean, you can get a microwave. Like, he just didn't think he needed one. I don't get that. I, I wish you would have consulted me before you married him. <laughs> Do you feel like that was a bad sign? This doesn't seem good. Plus... I think he never really cooked, and I consider heating things up in a microwave cooking. I consider that cooking, too. But, I mean, I you know I eat out a lot because for obvious reasons. But, you know, if it's microwavable cereal, you know, I, I eat like a child. I eat like an eight-year-old child. Which What's is your favorite thing? Anything that's, like, simple, like hamburgers pizza chicken tenders like seriously like i'm the turkey reason tonkatsu. and then turkey tonkatsu of course <laughs> but like i'm the reason that like they will give it an adult a child's menu like oh you have chicken tenders shaped like dinosaurs yeah <laughs> perfect like french fries yeah i don't eat like i try to eat healthy but those are like my things that i if i if i'm gonna splurge like there was one pizza place like i made you know like um i don't want to sell out blue apron but there's like the different apps you can get to and and i'm looking looking just i wanted pizza but it's like the cheat day you know i'm I'm like working out and i try to eat good and that was going to be my one for the week and it was the worst pizza i was so disappointed at just the idea that i wasted my cheat day on shitty pizza (laughs) like that's how i was so excited for it i'm like I, I, that hurts my heart. Bad things happen to good people. <laughs> That's what I learned that day. And I just like threw it in the garbage. I'm like, this, this is the worst day ever. So are you a person who regularly does the cheat day thing? I think Mark Maron does that. Um, yeah, I mean, I try. Like I said, I, I try to eat good. I try to um, do more, like, especially when I moved out here, like, not to bring the party down. But like when my dad died. He had prostate cancer and, you know, I was learning more about it and like I have cancer within my family and they're like, you know, if you eat more organic, gluten-free, you know, like take better care of what you put in your body. So I make the effort and I really started once I moved out here because it's so much more available in Houston. It's like you get a chicken fried steak that's like hanging off your plate. (laughs) You know, it's not Houston, I think is like one of the fattest cities. So like I get out here, I make the effort. But then, you know, you do want McDonald's breakfast sometimes. You know, you do want to just splurge and get something, you know, just right. fattening and gross. In and out burger. I like that. That'll be a cheat day. I do enjoy that. But, yeah, I, I guess I, I hate calling it a cheat day because it sounds so stupid. But I don't think it sounds stupid. But is, now on a cheat day, is it like you just let yourself have what you want or is it like you just stuff everything in your mouth? No, no, no. I don't stuff everything. I just like will order, you know, like go get pizza or go get a burger or something. And do you work out? I do. I do. What do you do? Boxing. Oh, wow. But I don't do like where I spar somebody. Like when I say it, everyone's like, oh, wow. But the guy holds up pads Mm. and I hit the pads. Like if somebody came to attack me with pads on their hands, I'd beat the shit out of him. But if he, I'm like, don't hit me in my, (laughs) don't hit me back. Like I just want to hit the pads. But it's a good workout. I used to do cardio kickboxing and... That's where you're just like 
punching air and doing jumping jacks. Mm-hmm. It's just aerobics. But I would tell people I did kickboxing it sounds in tough. the beginning, but yeah. not realizing that I was leaving out a very important part of it. I was just trying. I wasn't trying to lie. I was trying to say what I was doing. But the reaction would be like, "Wow, like you must be really tough." Well, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I kind of put it together why people are having this reaction. Because I'm like, "No, really, it's just a lot of hopping around." Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> it's not very <laughs> impressive. I go and I'm just like, I love the place that I go to is great. It's called Trinity Boxing. And my trainer, Martin, I love him. And I think that that's probably more like he's this six foot five Brooklyn dude. He calls me Johnson or hey, kid. And I just it's funny to me. And so I I like him so much that it makes it more enjoyable. But I also know that if I didn't have someone pushing me, I would be the person who just walks around Equinox looking in the mirror, looking at people like I wouldn't get anything done. I have to be like. Right. Told what to do when it comes to working out because it's just so easy to go. I'm done at that many, you know, like I want to be pushed Mm -hmm. in that department. Um, Can I ask how long ago did your dad die? It was like two and a half years. So that's pretty recent. Mm, Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it was like two and a half years. It was March 30th, 2012. So, yeah. Were you close with him? Yeah, yeah, we were super close. And uh, that sucked. That's not fun. I don't recommend dads <laughs> getting yeah. cancer and dying. It's kind of blue. But how long was he sick before? Unfortunately, um, not not very long. And I say fortunately just because I didn't, you know, he didn't suffer for a long time. But it was in the same sense, you know, he should have gotten, uh, you know, his prostate checked mm-hmm. when he was seeing signs of something being wrong. And so I think he ignored so many warning signs that by the time he was diagnosed. a lot of men do that. Yeah. And like, so by the time he was diagnosed, it was already at stage four. So it was like, it happened so quickly that it's kind of a good thing and a bad, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I wish that he would have gotten checked sooner. However, I didn't have to, you know, like some people go, oh, I watched my dad suffer for eight years. And at least I didn't. Right. It was just very quick. I mean, it just kind of. You know, they did some chemo. They tried, you know, and he was at MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, which is like one of the best. Yeah. And so I know he got the best care, you know, but there just wasn't, you know, much they could do. And he was a healthy guy, ran marathons. I mean, it was he didn't smoke. He wasn't. So how old was he? Uh, 73. Which, you know, today is young. That's I feel like that's young. I, hey, I if like, I'm if 39 is young, yeah. then uh, I. But so my mom, she's 73 now. And it's like when I, I, I always think about being a kid and I'll go like somebody's old, they're 50. And then, you know, for her, it keeps going. Like if I say somebody's old, they're 75. She's like, it's not that old. You know, like <laughs> yeah. the older she gets, the, you know, younger everybody else gets right. by default, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, how did that affect you? Uh, well, it sucked. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, it was just kind of weird. You just all of a sudden go from like seeing somebody and then, you know, you go for the phone, you go to text. It's, you know, it, it's a, it's a hard transition. And plus the fact that him and I were so close and I saw him every weekend cause I used to have a, a weekend house in Galveston and he and my mom had a sailboat that they kept at a marina that was like right there. So I would see him like every weekend. So it was just kind of like a weird, like, man, that's, you know, like huh just making that adjustment of and for my mom they were married for 50 years so for her it's like this whole new normal that you have to start you know like adjusting to and it's you know it's still like it with anything you know i mean 
you have your good days and your bad days. And, and so sometimes it's like at first, you know, you're just like bursting into tears every, you know, like I'm like, I don't want to leave the house. I look just, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to walk in the grocery store and see like a can of chili and start crying because, you know, like just something stupid. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, you just have to start mentally tweaking your, your brain to go, okay. I had him for that long. I'm that lucky. You know, it, even though it sucks and I can still cry about it, it's, you know, it, it is what happened and I can't pretend that, that it didn't happen. So it's, you know, I really started getting a little more involved with like, uh, I became a board member of a prostate uh, cancer charity, like a nonprofit called Blue Cure Foundation. And they're based out of Houston. And to me, like when I started kind of doing that, that made me feel better because mm-hmm. I think I was just sad and then when I thought, okay, I can't just keep being sad if I do something and I feel like I'm helping, then it feels, you know, like you feel like you're doing something for someone else. And um, yeah, so when I did that, that actually really was a big, a big change for me, like a little kind of a switch flipped because I, I started feeling like, stop being, you know, depressed and like, I can't, well, I don't even say I was depressed because that's not really fair, but you're just sad, you know, you have mm-hmm. those sad moments and I'm a pretty happy person. So, like, getting into that was really, like, I felt pretty, it felt rewarding to to give back and to help and to, you know, like, September's, like, Prostate Cancer Awareness Month, and I wrote a piece for GQ for it, and so it's just kind of nice just to raise awareness, and that's really the, the focus of the organization. How long did it take you to start feeling, like, quote-unquote, normal again, if you have? I don't think you ever really f- because there's that loss. I mean, there, it's just always going to be there. And But it's kind of like if you lose someone close to you, it, you know, at first it, it, it's the adjustment. And then once you make that adjustment, it's I, – I like I remember the first time my sister and I were talking and I said, you know, dad would thought that was funny. And, and I said it without like – you know, it was like just dad would – you know, and then she was like, oh, my god, yeah. And it, But I remember like that kind of conversation of just – being able to talk about it without all the emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like all of a sudden you could you could mention something and you didn't feel, you know, super, you know, just you want, like you wanted to burst into tears. It was like laughing about something he said or once you're able to start talking about it without crying, I guess, mm. or feeling like that lump in your throat, then, you know, it's like, okay, now you're the it's the healing process. It's like that you know, you're adjusting to it. I think the spot in grief that I get stuck in is there's almost a part of me that's like afraid to adjust to the new reality because I feel like if I do that, that's saying I'm okay with what happened and like I'm not okay with yeah. this loss, whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah, I, I could see that, but you know, I like I would. At least I didn't have with my dad, and I know a lot of people have this when they lose someone, a parent or a sibling or a friend, where you feel um, guilt or you feel a what if or Mm -hmm. I wish I would have. My dad and I were so close that I have no regrets. Like there's not an ounce of regret about our relationship. And so that helps, you know, so I don't have that feeling because I don't I know in my heart we had this closeness. So it's like, I don't, I'll never forget, you know, but he would, you know, he lost both of his parents, mm-hmm. you know, as all of our, you know, the circle of life. And, but he like would talk about his dad or talk about his mom. And, 
in just such a funny, you know, like you do get to that place and it never made me feel like he forgot or he, you know, right. he's just like, I think that, you know, you have to move on, but you also have, you know, you don't want to forget. Right. Yeah. 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 I hope it did that. I hope that the way I said that didn't make it sound like I was saying, and you're okay, you're okay with what no, no, happened. No, 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 no. I was just, just, I was actually yeah. like doing more for you. Like I, because that doesn't, to me, you know, you shouldn't feel that way because I think that it's if you're thinking that way, you're already thinking about it. So it's I mean, ultimately, like, you do just have to adjust. I think yeah. that I think it's the anger. I mean, my thing, my the losses I'm talking about were one was a suicide and then um, one was a dog. <laughs> but no, it hey, was, look, I lo- that I just lost my dog and uh, he was that's um, crushing. He was young and he was attacked by an off leash dog and then oh, he God, died. That, that yeah. happened to my sister's dog. Like so fucking awful. No, it was like two months after my dad died. That happened uh, to her little Jack Russell and it was just like I felt. So off. I mean, you know, it's like that, and you know, like right. what more? You know, like Jesus. I I felt so bad for her, but that's there's it's something that, with there's losing anger. a pet, yeah, yeah. In, in in that manner, and that like, right. oh, that's I I love dogs, and so that's just so like fucking Sarah McLaughlin or fucking <laughs> I can't watch those commercials I can't I just get mad at her now even when her music comes on I used yeah. to like her and I was just like fuck you Sarah McLaughlin <laughs> fucking... and now Eric McCormick from Will from Will and Grace oh really yeah, I haven't he, seen those yet he's on the bandwagon too with that sad look on his face yeah his are terrible yeah and he gives you that look he's like every two minutes mm. a dog is you know anally raped but <laughs> it's just he gives you this look and it, you're like will from will and grace stop it you know like don't make me feel bad in the middle of a breaking bad marathon i mean really i just want to watch people cook meth and fucking kill each other <laughs> don't make me sad in between yeah, like i'm trying to push out of my head right. the awful mm-hmm. realities of this world don't make me think about right. them <laughs> You know what else is sometimes an awful reality? What? Unsightly fuzz on your face or hair on your back or neck. I mean, I'm not looking at you. <laughs> I'm looking at Harry Gary over there. Yeah, and I'm looking at Gary like, hey, another beer, Gary. I know. Uh, if you're ready to remove unwanted hair in the privacy of your own home, you need the no-no. You've heard me talk about no-no. Well, no-no pro is 35% more effective, easier, faster. Uh, no more shaving. And with the No-No Pro, you'll get, wait a minute, I have to smile for this photo. <laughs> and I can do it because I'm so hairless. <laughs> with the No-No Pro. No, you I get... was going to say, you look like a newborn. You're Thank like a little, you. Ba- like a baby seal. Thank you so much. slick. That's what they say about me. That and that my segues are seamless. Yes. With the No-No Pro, you'll get weeks of long-lasting results. Totally painless. Ladies, perfect for removing peach fuzz from your face. Guys, great <laughs> for removing <laughs> ball hair. No, actually, you don't want to use it on your balls. Specifically, do not use it on your genitals. Around the area, yes, but in the sensitive parts, I I don't don't do it. But good for removing hair in the back. What about in the bee hole? No, I would I would recommend against that as well. Okay, but on the (laughs) cheeks of your butt, probably it would be okay. (laughs) Super sensitive areas, no. (laughs) But if you, you know. 
But your legs, let's say. Neck, back. No nicks, cuts, ingrown hairs. The reason I love Nono Pro is because it's absolutely painless. You won't even feel it. You just glide along your skin. It removes the hair. And I have a special exclusive offer for you guys. You get the Nono Pro device. You get an exclusive facial kit. You get a travel case. It's very snazzy, by the way. And if you order online, you get a free gift card. The entire purchase is packed by, excuse me, entire purchase is backed by No-No's Triple Guarantee. If you're not 100% satisfied, they'll refund the purchase price, refund the shipping, and even pay for you to ship it back to them. You don't risk a penny to try the No-No Pro today. Call for details. Terms and conditions may apply. <laughs> and here's where you go to get this exclusive offer. NonoProBestFriend.com or call 800-336-1665. Again, that's NonoProBestFriend or 800-336-1665. Okay. I like that it's called No-No. You know, know, like that's what you would tell a little kid. Like, someone touched me in my No-No place. It, it's kind of like the funniest no-no. I know you'll have to edit this out because okay. I'm making fun of it. No, it's all right. <laughs> no, I know. No. It almost sounds euphemistic, but it's like this. No, no. No, to yeah. unwanted hair. <laughs> you know who who could use no-no is uh, Uber drivers? Yes. On their knuckles. Have you seen that shit? And they the pick- back of their necks. Oh, it's disgusting. They'll, you know, it's like Ahmed's coming to pick you up and it's like, look at his fucking knuckles. He looks like an ape. I'm like, yeah. I hope they're listening. I hope so, too. And I hope they know that Nono Pro would be a perfect device for them. I give four stars if there's too much knuckle hair. I don't give the fifth star. I've only done Uber once, and I didn't even rate the driver. Yeah, I love Uber. I love it. Do you guys rate the drivers and stuff? You have to. You have to. You have to? It's the only way to order another Uber. But but I always forget. So the next time I go to get an Uber, I'm like, oh, I forgot to rate the guy from the time before. I I always give five stars. I've never not, unless somebody's, I've never had that bad of an experience. Sometimes the cars smell well, That's Chelsea the worst. Peretti, whose podcast I love and who I love as a human being, even though I don't know her that well, but she was on the show once, so that's enough. Um, I think she's funny. She was talking about on her podcast, like, what's the end game here? If you rate them low, then they'll rate you low, or like, where does it, like, ultimately, will they just keep sending you worse cars? Um, yeah, you are rated, which is interesting. I don't know their process of rating you. It's like, up to it's the same it's the same star system basically, but it's like they see how many stars you get. So if you're a fucking piece of shit who constantly gets in Ubers and pukes, they just yeah. stop drivers get the choice of whether or not they want to accept your ride or not. Oh. So yeah. it's like you can request an Uber, but if none of them pick you up, then you're fucked. Yeah, so like if you're going to request an Uber and you can see like the cars that are around you and it'll give you like a rough estimate. Like so if it says like three minutes away. And you hit go, and it's like requesting, requesting. That's all these people going, mm, oh, no, I don't want to, you know, like they could actually do that. Wow. Yeah. I wonder, would I have been rated off of my one time? Yeah. They have to rate you. You have to rate that. Yeah. But my guy. My mom might be banned for, from her neighborhood. What'd she do? Uh, well, let's hope she doesn't listen to this. She may or may not have gotten into an Uber and dumped a full red cup full of vodka tonic onto the driver's lap and jacket that was sitting in between them. Laura Lee. She was sober at the time. That's pretty impressive. Then, when we got to our destination, which was our 4th of July party, um, it was at like a like a venue, and there was like a little circle where cars were dropping people off, and then to four feet to the right of that circle on the sidewalk is a giant table with like 30 people all checking in, and we pull up, and the driver stops the car and gets out and starts walking around the front of the car to open my mom's door. She looks up and realizes that my sister and... Her husband and my nephew and a few other people are in the car ahead of us dropping off. And she reaches over and honks the guy's horn like six times. 
scared the shit out of him. He was standing directly in front of the hood of his car. At the <laughs> yeah, time. she's banned. She's yeah. banned. She's going to have to use the pink mustache thing or something. Oh, Lyft? Yeah. Is that what that is? Yeah, that's I think Lyft. So. That's so creepy, man. I wouldn't want a stranger with a pink mustache on Right. Her? No. So I the one time I did Uber, the guy drove really fast, but he was texting the entire time, <laughs> which scared me. It's one thing. The only texting while driving that I'm okay with is my own. Is terrible, I know. But if someone else is doing it, it freaks me out. Yeah, I could see that. Have your that's, Uber that, drivers done that or no? I might have. I've had a couple bad experiences, but generally they're pretty good. Um, Uber X, you know, not as much as the black cars. Yeah, Uber X, you which you, is Uber X? That's the one where people. It's basically the pink mustache. Oh, pink mustache. but it's like yeah, Prius or something will come pick you. And, but and the guy will have like a Bluetooth in his yeah. ear, yelling at a foreign language at his wife or something. I mean, oh, well, that's just like a cat. I recently was in one, and the guy picked up the thing, and he was like, "Yes, the Toyota is still for sale. Which one?" And I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" But if you get into cars like that that smell, yeah. just rate them low and like write a comment and say why you're doing it. Uber will contact you and give you credits. It's happened to me like three. Or four times oh really yeah. i would be so afraid of repercussions but i guess what? or getting the same person again i don't know i don't know what the <laughs> repercussion could be i but. don't think that they get like a rundown of like like what the same way we don't know what the drivers oh, rated us i don't think they specifically know what person rated them what they just know like overall how it's impacting their score i like the ones that are overly um like you'll get out and they'll say please give five stars yeah <laughs> they're so it's so sad you're like okay how frequently do you guys uber I mean, if I'm four times a week, like how much money do you spend in a week on Uber? Recently, we were trying to figure out something around here and I was like, uh, for a prize for a game we're going to play. And I was like, how about a thousand dollar Uber credit? And that was like, <laughs> no one would ever use that. And like four of us just all started screaming and we're like, that'd be gone in six months. Yeah. Oh, do I know what this prize? Do I know what this prize is for? It was for the game we were going to play in September that we didn't play yet that we we're going to play later. So we still are going to play this game. Theoretically, we're trying to figure out. Can't we're trying wait. to get a sponsor to to give us a good prize. Okay. We don't want, I don't want to play it for low stakes. Right. I'm in it to win it. But has anyone started? This is this has got to be, be the most boring ever for the listeners since we're being so vague. But does, has anyone ever. started plotting no, their wins? Oh yeah, everyone's got. Everyone knows who they're going to try. Plotting, yes. Executing. But no I don't. One's, no one's. I have well, no idea what you're talking. about. I mean, I have an idea. Okay, fine. I have an idea. Well, there you go. That's yeah. Everyone's at that stage. Okay. Mine's Jenny Johnson. This will all make sense in October. I have more email addresses than you, so be careful. Some of those you have from me. Uh-huh. You can't, you oh, can't yes steal can. one of mine. Oh, where... watch me. I'm oh, kidding. I'm not going to use anyone. Just got can we reveal a little bit what we're talking about? We're talking about... We can, we can tease that it will be coming in the future. It, it may not even be this year, but there's a game we are going to play that harkens back to the Adam Carolla radio show back, you know, five, six years ago that's called Outbook August. And Where we try to get better guests than our booker. Right. For his a last month, name is August. Everyone Middle on the staff gets to try to outbook our booker. And whoever does it, like, wins a pretty cool prize. Okay. It only took us, like, eight minutes to explain that, and I don't think it was worth it. But that's okay. Let's do Just Mirror Everyone. Sometimes I it is not your bad, Gary. I'm sorry. Both of you. No, no, no. <laughs> There's no need to be sorry. Abe Lopez says, when going on vacation, love the feeling of putting away my bundle of keys for yes. a few days. Oh, my God. Yes. Is he a janitor? <laughs> yeah. How many keys are we talking about? Yeah. No, you never like... 
you never like get to the airport or something or like leave your house and get in an Uber and just like throw your like all your keys in your backpack and know like these well you guys I, I think it's more maybe it's more of a guy thing because I know those aren't going in my pocket for four more days. Yeah, see I don't keep my keys in my pocket. Yeah, but I so. I have to. So for me, like if I travel, I'm more like where did I put my keys? Because <laughs> I, I would be too panicked that I would lose them. Well, but. I don't know about Abe, but I have a specific place in my backpack where they go every single time since the one time that I didn't do it and scared the show of me. I was, standing, cool. I, I was put, standing like a carabiner. in Adam's driveway, like, <laughs> emptying out my backpack while he's like, ah, so you find him? Like, he wanted me to leave so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Let me call you an Uber. <laughs> Come back and find him tomorrow. Abel Goddard, ooh, I like your name, says, Just mirror everyone. I imagine end of Thursday show as a party during the theme song, whole gang snapping and clapping and grooving. Um, it, that's what it is. That's what it's yeah. like. Abel looks like a realtor. He, he forgot he about the dancing. Yeah, and dancing. He said grooving. Mm, it's could be considered a, a lot more animation. Okay. I would say. Okay. Mackenzie Conkey says, "Just mirror everyone." <laughs> Mackenzie Conkey. <laughs> well, I think that's actually her name. That's a hot name. <laughs> think that if I think that if I pour more slowly, I can make my entire can of pop fit in a cup that is just a smidge too small. Uh, I know what you mean. I know what you mean about the, like, I'm not going to pour this at a breakneck speed. I'm going to just ease it in. Oh, but wait, physics I'm, are physics. I'm going to ease it in. <laughs> Mackenzie Conkey. You make me sad. Uh, yeah, I don't do that. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to, like, lose followers. Every okay. now and again, Next. this segment threatens to buckle under the weight of itself. Yeah. Kay Inman says, <laughs> sometimes being asked to be in a wedding these days is so expensive and a lot of hassle and not the honor it should be. Yes. It's I think supposed it. to be an honor? I thought it was supposed to be expensive and a hassle. And I, an honor. I would Oof. rather get jury duty than a beautiful Saturday afternoon and somebody sends me a wedding invitation. I'm like, Ugh, really? I have to go to one in New York this month. Is it someone you're related to? No. Like, I really... Somebody has to be... Like, I have to stay in a hotel on Long Island for three days. Long Island? Oh. That doesn't It'll be delightful. Fun. I love them both. Well, you know, I will say that even though I'm divorced, when we got married, we got married on the beach in Cabo and invited nobody. Because oh. I didn't want to do that to people. And then my mom was like, well, where are you registering? I'm like, if I want a plate, I'll go buy a plate. Like, I don't need to go do that to people. I don't yeah. want a gravy boat from the old lady that lives down our street. I, and- need, I needed to make better friends in high school or in college. My last wedding was in St. Louis. It's just like, these are places I don't need to go for a weekend. Did you really invite no one? Like, it was just you two? Uh-huh. I mean, like, everyone knew we were getting married, but I was like, I just, it's not my thing. I'm not going to do it. Was your family there? No. I invited no one. Like, it was, we were on the beach in Cabo with a Mexican civil judge and a translator. And I was like, that's it. Gone. Good. Married. I mean, it was so hassle-free. Like, right. when my sister nice. got married, like, watching her go through that stress and that process and, like, f- arrangements and chairs for the yes. Like, it was so stupid and it was so time-consuming that I just was like, there's no way I ever want to do that. That's so not – not going to do it. Yeah. I had the same feeling <clears throat> from watching my sister. And so then I – tried to strike this like middle ground where we had a wedding that was pretty much just family and a and a couple friends but it was tiny but i still went through and we were doing it to plan one of those 
big weddings. It takes well, you have to get a planner at that. They point. take it yeah. takes like a year, and they don't tell you part of the reason you need that much time is because if you go into a wedding shop looking for a dress, they're like, "How long do you have? Or well, the wedding's in five months? Oh, well, then three fourths of what we have you can't look at because the designers have to design. Blah, blah, blah. I ended up having to buy a sample dress, like one off the rack, basically, because they didn't have enough time because they remake the whole dress, oh, and that wow. takes over six. It's insane. I literally bought my wedding dress off Nicole Miller's website. I bought three dresses during my lunch break at work. And they came to the house. I tried them on. One fit perfect. Didn't need to even get it altered. Sent the other two back. I'm like. How far in advance did you do that? Maybe like six months before the wedding. I mean, it was just like a. That was it. It was so not a big deal that. And I purposely made it that way. I was just mm-hmm. like, I don't want to go through that. I think it's too. And then the fact that, in in my case, you know, like many marriages end in divorce. Like, what am I going to spend all this money and all? You know, like right. And I'm not that like, you know, self absorbed that I felt like I felt like I would feel more uh, shitty inviting people, especially at a destination wedding or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. I would feel responsible for their fun, right? And I think that that would stress me out. Yes. And I think I felt that way about my family, and I think that did stress me out. Anyway, All right. next time I'm doing the wedding on a beach in Cabo. Yeah, do that. Okay. Charles Egg says hair on someone's head, not too gross, and don't mind if I touch it. A random loose hair makes me want to vomit if I touch it. I don't have this, but a lot of people do have this feeling the about hair. just seeing a random hair. Yeah. Especially, and I say this as someone with black hair, if you find a black hair in your food, people always freak out. Have these people never dated a woman? Like, you, there's loose hair everywhere. Yeah, women, women shed. They do. It's, I yeah. mean, guys do too, but, like, when yeah. you have hair that long, it just happens. Yeah. I mean, I understand it's not the most appetizing thing. I don't want to find it in a bowl of spaghetti, but, like, right. just finding one on you, like, eh. It doesn't freak me out, but I do know people that have that weird hair. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, you know, like, I mean, my dog shed. I'm constantly, like, swiffering my floor, and, you know, but it doesn't. Right. I don't have that reaction to it that I know that some people have a genuine, like, grotesque you know, right reaction. Bonzer says, I feel like certain foods like carbs never made me put on weight until I knew they were supposed to. Hashtag placebo foods. I mean, I know what you mean. I think what he is talking about is the fact that we all grew up thinking carbs were okay and now carbs are not supposed to be okay. Yeah, okay, I see. I mean... But that might just coincide with getting older. Yeah, I mean, if you're a kid, you can eat whatever you want. Right. And, or some kids can't, sadly, but... I was like a really scrawny kid. Um, but yeah, all of a sudden you get to that place and you're like, why are my pants tied? <laughs> like, oh, you know, you can't eat a big trough of spaghetti. Do athletes still carbo load? They must, right? I'm sure they do, but I think they kind of have to do a bit of everything, right? Like protein, I, I carb it up. Like, athletes that you know, what do they eat <laughs> before a race or whatever? Um,. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't know a lot of high school athletes, thank God. But, like, I know that, like, paleo is really big in the CrossFit community. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not, you've seen me. I'm not an athlete. Speaking of. Me not being an athlete? No. Speaking of paleo, this is a real, real, real roundabout uh, tangent. It's not really a roundabout at all. It's just a tangent. But, Gary, 
Last night, Daniel and I ordered that frozen yogurt that delivers again. I'm so mad again? that you turned. Well, we did it one other time. Oh, last time we spoke about this on the show, you had thought about it and then gone to Yogurt Land like an idiot. No, sorry, no offense. You know, yogurt, no, yeah, and that's what made me think of this. So, yogurt. Have you? Do you ever go to Yogurt Land? Don't. Are you not into frozen yogurt? I'm not into frozen yogurt, except that I've, I've had it like three times in the last six months, which means I guess I am into it. I like it. I mean, but I'm not. I can't say into it. There's a Yogurt I'm not Land an enthusiast, right? There's a yogurt land near where I live that do you always... Mind, do you mind if I say where it is? No, that's fine. It's on 3rd and... Is it La Cienega? Or, or La Brea? Yeah, 3rd and La Brea. Okay. Don't ever go to It's the, filled with drunk, ever... loud people. It's the most obnoxious and drunk, yogurt loud... Place? It's so that's strange. But during the day, it is filled with fucking rugrats. That place, I've never gone there and been like, huh, this is reasonable. It's like, next to a CrossFit studio, which is what made me think of it. It's also next to a CrossFit studio that next door has a CrossFit kids studio, yes. which I did not know was a thing until I drove by that. That seems... Dangerous. Yeah. CrossFit kids. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. I actually know some friends that their kids go to it. I'm like, that's when I always feel like it's like you have a chubby kid and then you're like, hey, don't you want to go to CrossFit? You know, like, <laughs> I, I feel like it's kind of a sad thing. Like, oh, right. Back chubby. to what's important. Did did you enjoy frog? Oh, my God. So good. But I feel like it's got to be the most unhealthy frozen yogurt because it's so good. It tastes like ice cream. <laughs> it's like that sun. It's so episode. sweet. Yes. I need to send it to a calorie. <laughs> It's free. Doesn't it taste so decadent and unhealthy? I mean, why do you think I'm always talking about this shit? How often do you order from there? I haven't. Even when I was doing it, it was like once every six weeks. It was yeah. like a special occasion. It's it was, too good. And they send you so much when you, like, I don't know about you, but I do my best with self-control, and I would never get as much as they give you when you order it delivery. Right. It's a ton. I mean, it's a it's a decent. Will they deliver to my house? I bet they, they probably will. yes, because they're pretty close to you. Actually, gonna, we'll we'll talk after. But I okay. used to live way the fuck up in the hills, and, and they, they brought would it. deliver to me. They yeah. limit it to three flavors per cup and three toppings per cup. I don't know if you're the kind of person who wants to put like eight flavors into a cup. You're probably not because you seem sensible. I'm sensible. Hopefully, you're not the monster who just wants strawberry. <laughs> I like strawberry though. I so like fruity I. things. I'm not even. I'm not a chocolate person. Like I get excited about like sorbets and like fruity. Oh, like I like slushies and shit. Like they that. have yeah. dairy free sorbet things. Oh yeah, I like that stuff. That's good stuff. All right. All right. Kevin Riley says when someone says long story short, I have to resist the urge to say too late. <laughs> Just mirror everyone. I don't have that one exactly, but there's a lot of things like that that I am always resisting the urge to say. It's funny. My sister just was texting with me, and she was irritated with her husband. And he, she said, "Oh my god, he keeps saying long story short." And this has been going on for fucking. <laughs> it made me laugh because I was like, "Yeah, I'm sure I've said that before." You know, like because it just sounds like almost like a segue. Yes, I think sometimes people just say things this like a a very crutch. cliche. Yeah, yeah. It's my like, dad says in other words all the time. I have a very close friend who says long story short so much that like a year and a half ago, I just fucking snapped and I was like, "I'm no longer allowing you to say that." And every time you do, I'm going to yell at you. And I broke him of the habit, but he, he would say, and "How'd your friendships?" Weather it. <laughs> where is where is he? Now? Where, yeah, exactly. It's one of these friendships. My ex husband. Like my ex husband would always say, "To be perfectly honest," and I'm like, "Because you're gonna fucking lie. like you know." But when you're with somebody and you're that right. close, it's like I'm not a liar. Like, stop fucking saying. It. Like, I mean, by the end, I'm like, you know, to be perfectly honest, it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Go on, go on. Mm-hmm. I'm listening, but it's like it's those it's so like cliche things. Tolerance for another human being just shrivels up and dies, and mm-hmm. it's weird. It just like not even talking about in a love relationship. It can yeah. happen in any relationship. Yeah. It's like sets in suddenly, and then it's just like frost that grows. Yeah. Katie Shrum says, <laughs> "So tired. I checked my phone to see what time it was and forgot to check the time. I've done that. I've done that. We've all done Do that. that a lot. I did that today. I think <laughs> I looked. And I was like, well, what time is it?' And then I had a text, and then just yeah." Mallory says, and this is the last one. When I squeegee my windshield at a gas station, I always start on the driver's side. Oh, I don't have a pattern. Oh, absolutely. Because what I don't... if if there's like a bomb or something, like I want my side to be clean. Fair you know enough. what it is? Same. I just realized. It's where your gas tank is. Because now, my car used to be on the left, and I would do it on the left side, but now you it's on the... You mean the driver's side? Yes. But now, what is that for our you European could look, listeners? You could be looking from the oh, front right. or the uh, back, yeah. and it would be different. Um, but now it is on the passenger side, and I start with the passenger side. I think that's what it is. I had the same switch, but I still go to the driver's side, just in case. Because like, if something happens, like... I don't think that I've ever seen the word squeegee typed out. Really? I want to say that. I that's think like that's the first time I've ever seen. Yeah, I was like, is that how you spell squeegee? I think, I think it that is. was like the first time I've ever seen that actually in print. How would you have thought to spell it? I've never thought to spell it. That's what's funny. It's like squeak. Like I would have looked it up. They brought it back so you can drink it. Drink it in. <laughs> uh, squeegee. I guess that's right. I'm going to look it up. Let's see if Mallory SoCal Mal 88. Uh, let's take it easy there. She's a friend. She brings me free beer. Yeah, she's nice. She brings you free. Well, I don't know her, but if she's right, she's got my. Uh, I think that is right. Undying love. That looks right to me. Uh, well, it S Q U E E G E E is what we're looking at right now. And you know what? Did she nail it? Big ups to SoCal Mal eighty eight. <laughs> she is absolutely correct. Props. She can continue bringing you free beer. You have Thank my. You. you have my blessing. Thank you. <laughs> So you're working on a TV pilot? Yeah, I just started writing uh, one pretty recently. Um, but I've, you know, I've I've written them before and I've sold a few. It's it's, you know, like once I moved out here and I started meeting other writers, it's such a common thing to hear people say, like, oh yeah, I've, you know, they go nowhere. I mean, networks and cable companies buy butt tons of pilots and then they pick, you know, maybe three actually see the light of day out of 150 so like i don't get my hopes up it's it to me it's more of a fun process i like the creative process of like developing characters and scenarios and like it's kind of fun and interesting do you so, write with someone or do you do it solo um i did the first two that i wrote uh solo and i'm writing one with another person right now so how's that process going so far or has it well i mean it's so it's so new that i right. can't yeah, but i really she's super nice and i think that it'll work out how'd but, you guys meet uh through like my manager you know kind of set up the whole gotcha. meeting yeah and do you that's write... how most people like you know i meet a lot of people through like if my agent or my manager sets up something that's usually which is kind of a funny process like i'm sure you've had these like I've noticed in L.A. everyone loves to have a meeting. <laughs> oh, I I don't, but yes, they do. But a lot of people, I don't either, and it's awkward. It's like a weird blind date well, with someone like, that you don't want to have sex with. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm always like, like, what? I don't, what's the objective here? I never know exactly how my, well, see, for me, it's different. For me, it's general meetings. It's not like, actually, let's see if you guys are, are um, 
mesh well to write something. That would just be a but more straightforward meeting. But, but I've had all kinds. Like, yeah. I'm just saying in general, like, sometimes they'll say, we just want you to meet somebody for yeah. no particular reason. And then I'm always like, is, is there a secret reason tucked up in there? Yeah, like, could you, could you tell me more? And I always opt for, I'm like, can we please just meet for a drink? Because oh, that's I'm idea. not a morning person. Mm-hmm. And when somebody wants to meet me for breakfast, I get there and I'm still waking up and seriously like half the fucking time i have a sleep crease on my face because i've given myself just enough time to get there and i'm a comedy writer so you know i stay up all night writing you know i'm like not a morning person and so i get there and i'm just like so you know what's up like i have nothing like clever to say and you're trying to find this like common and a lot of times like especially if you meet somebody that's you know more sensitive than you that you really have nothing it feels very awkward like mm-hmm. i've met people before where i just say things and then i remember this one lady just over and over kept going oh 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 and oh, i'm like awful and everything Aww. was everything was technically kind of like a punchline to a joke uh-huh. and was not meant to be an oh right and then i just felt like i left and i'm like I'm just like the biggest asshole on the planet or she's super sensitive. Like, do you feel like, and I'm just revealing too much of my own personal shit right now, but do you feel like anything comes from all these meetings? Mm. Cause for me, I, they, I just feel like that time just evaporated. And I know that in theory I'll keep in touch, but I don't think I, I don't think, I don't think anything's going to come of this, but then every now and then, like I will get called in for something by someone who I had no idea they knew who I was, yeah. but they were aware of me. But that actually wasn't through a meeting, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think sometimes it just, you know, it, it helps to know people, you know, like to get, if you were trying to do something, you know, later on, you could say, oh, well, I know. Right. And if you kept in touch with that person, I think it helps. I mean, there's been, I remember, like the first pilot that I wrote, I went and I I pitched this idea that I had, and I had to pitch to like, all these different people and everyone only knew me through Twitter. So people's perception of me was completely different. They thought that I was like going to be Roseanne Barr, you know, (laughs) stomping in and, and I'm not really like that. So I had a lot of people like, you know, when you sit down, like if you've been through this process, so you're like sitting there, there's a group of people in front of you. There's always a designated person with like a pad and Mm. a pen. And occasionally you'll say something and then they like, they put their head down to write I'm like, I don't know what you're, you could be drawing a dick for all I know. <laughs> but I remember like going into this one meeting and I won't say who it was with, but it was like a pretty major meeting. And I guess everyone decided that I was really gross. So they were going to be that way. Oh no. So it was like, what the fuck's going on? You know? And then like one woman said cunt during like the, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like they were trying to impress you I, with yeah. how edgy they are. Yeah, just yeah. Like, you. Like, wow. like this is a good fit for you here. You can obviously see because we're saying crazy things. And yeah. the whole time I was so, it was so put off by the whole interaction with these people that I was just like, I text my manager. I'm like, don't do that to me. <laughs> yeah. like, give them a heads up that I'm not like crass like that. That's completely, it was, it was just really weird, it, mostly because it wasn't funny. It was just awkward. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not laughing. I'm like, you don't have to do that. Don't do that. My thing with these meetings is, am I trying to impress them or are they trying to impress me? Mm-hmm. And I can never really tell. I mean, I'm always trying. I'm always trying to. But, like, I would like to be able to just not. I feel like there's if you try too much, then that's desperate. Yeah. I, I can't find the right uh 
Uh, yeah. I don't know what pose to strike exactly. I think it's a little bit of both. I think you want to walk away feeling like, yeah, that was cool. Like, you know, there's been people that I've had meetings with that were just general meetings and that I made friends with. You know, like we just had a good rapport interaction. Yeah. Um, but then, there, yeah, there's there's good meetings. There's bad. I mean, I had a general meeting one time that was like it was almost like I was putting them out. You know, like, so what's up? You know, like, they were really, and I was like, I can leave. I mean, I, yes, you know, I like, had one like that. Don't do that. You're making me, like, perform for you. Yeah. Is I, that I'm what not, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one like that where I was like, did, I know that my agent had set it up, but afterwards we were both like, I don't, they must not have read any of the thing. Like, they didn't know. It was kind of like, okay, great. Who are you? Why are you here? I'm like, I don't know. I was sent your address and told you were excited to meet me. I want to die right now. (laughs) That's the worst. And it's like when they know nothing about you and it's like, so what do you do? Where are you? So where in LA do you live? I'm like, I don't live in LA. I live in, you know, like I'm trying to explain and you know, and I, I eventually I'm like, did you, you know, like, I want to just say, why am I here? Right. If you didn't want to meet me, trust me, I didn't have to show up. Well, and then it becomes confusing because the meeting was always set up by someone else. Yeah. it's yeah. So you're like, I don't know whether to commiserate or yell at you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had, so I went away on my honeymoon, um, I guess it was like about six weeks ago. Where'd you go to? Hawaii. Hmm. Um, and we left on a Sunday, but I had to have a meeting on a sa- on that Saturday, which is like it was it was one of those very last minute things where they're trying to choose the their, the third host, it's either the, the co-host or the third host for this talk show. They're very excited about you. They've met every single other person in town. They really want to meet you. Is there any way you can meet them? I'm like, I really this really does not work for me to do it right now. But and they're like, is there any way like she'll she'll meet you in your neighborhood? It doesn't have to because I was imagining like having to go to the office. But it's like I can meet her for just meet her for a casual coffee. I'm like, okay, I think I can do that the day before I go away. So I did that, and we had a really good meeting. I thought, Um, and then I went away, and then and this is about to get sad. Sorry. While I was away, that's when my dog was attacked. We flew back early, but. I remember at the meeting, she's like, oh, I'm going to follow you on Twitter. I'm like, great. And then I followed her. And then I was thinking, we had this meeting, and then all there was for me was, like, a joke about a sign that I saw on my way to Hawaii, and then just a series of heartbreaking texts and photos of my dog. Nailed that one. <laughs> and I was yeah. Like, yeah, and I, I'm sort of in the if back of If it was for, like, a PSA for, like, a Sarah McLaughlin <laughs> thing, that would have worked out but better. But it's continued six weeks later. You know? yeah. I mean, I there's the occasional, like, I'll tweet about, you know, whoever's going to be on my show. Occasional funny thing, sometimes a retweet, sometimes a self-congratulatory retweet, and then random sad thoughts about Oliver. Right. <laughs> and I was thinking, I don't think I got it just in general, but I wonder if I were to get it, if the fact that it was supposed to film like the day I was, or the day after I got back, if she was like, I don't think she would be up for this if we wanted her even, right. you know? Yeah. It's just, oh well. No, I've had. Life happens. So. Yeah, it happens. But it, it is funny when people are like, they'll ask you a question or you know you're you're trying to like be engaging and then they'll just say something that's you know well like right when i was having a lot of these meetings my dad really had just died so it was like well tell me about your parents i was like well you know it's my dad just died so it's kind of like a you know oh i'm so sorry and then the rest of the meeting they're like head tilted yeah and then they just feel sorry for you and pity you and you're like you're trying to be funny but you can still see that you know their sad puppy dog right. eyes looking back at you and it's like oh fuck 
Well, um, that's the thing with with certain. Like I actually I noticed. So Brian, who's on the Adam Carolla show, has brain cancer, but he's doing well. He's um, like the prognosis they gave him when he when he was diagnosed was really grim, mm-hmm. but he has responded to treatment. And he's doing really really well. Um, I th- he's essentially in remission now. They it's inoperable, so they can't operate on it. Uh-huh. But it's shrinking or okay. has shrunk, stayed small and stuff. But anyway, he he'll just in a very matter of fact, cavalier manner, just say I have a brain tumor. And whoever is hearing it for the first time is always like, oh yeah, oh my, I'm so sorry to hear that, man. But it's so interesting because he doesn't have emotion about it anymore. Right. Or if he does, it's very deep down, you know. But every everyone always has that same. And I totally yeah. get where they're coming from. They don't want to seem like they're an uncaring piece of shit. Sure. But, it, you know, it's funny. I was talking to one of my friends the other day about, like, when something like that happens. And then you feel like maybe I'll be the one person that gives them the response. Like if he said, well, you know, I have brain cancer. And if I went, <laughs> loser, you know, like just <laughs> yeah. say something completely. Usually that it's a, it's a risky joke, yeah. but usually the people laugh because it's they like, I appreciate Thank it. you for not tilting your head and going, right. Oh, I'm pitying me and looking at me in this sad light. Like just, they know you're joking. Yeah. Like no one in their right mind would actually say that, but we were like talking about like how like that is kind of a funny, like risky joke, but usually people appreciate it. They probably appreciate it because I, well, I'm totally speaking for other people now, but I think that when people do that, like, Oh, it's actually an emotional pulling away versus that joke is like, I'm going, like I hear this super intense, scary thing that you just said, and I'm going to engage with it. And I think people appreciate that not being sort of, abandoned when you're when you just for saying something that freaks someone out yeah i know i had one (laughs) such a horrible reaction but it was like one just randomly like that kind of thing like somebody going well just found out i had colon cancer i was like gross (laughs) 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 and and like the guy about died laughing he was like exactly it really is gross you know it's my ass you know and like and he's like he even told me like later he's like that was really funny you know just because that was the reaction was Oh, yeah. You know, and then everyone tiptoes around you and doesn't want to treat you like a human anymore. All of a sudden you're this delicate little flower, even though you weren't that way two weeks ago before the diagnosis. And now you're right. People just they don't know. Yeah, I was I was remembering um, when I was a kid, my mom had a friend whose husband had died of like a brain aneurysm or something. So that's how, that's what I knew of her. She's a, uh, she lost her husband tragically. Da, da, da. Um, it had happened years before, I think some years before though. But so anyway, we were all driving and I was in the back seat and I said the word dead or death, like, but in a, not referring to death, but just like you're dead meat or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I remember going, <gasps> like so afraid that I had said something inappropriate around her, <laughs> right? You because know? you mentioned the, the word, word dead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think, but I think that people have a, a feeling. There's sort of a feeling like that around someone who's in mourning or could be in mourning. That um, you know, like at after we did a show in um, Ventura, mm-hmm. and then afterwards I was talking to some fans, and someone was like, "I'm you know I'm so sorry to hear about. I've been quite vocal about my little dog. Okay. <laughs> like I'm so sorry to hear about Oliver." And then someone else said. Does that bother you when people bring it up? Which I thought was a totally a fair question. Yeah. But like, no, it doesn't bother me because it's so much on my mind. Right. And that's sort of the thing that I was flashing back to as a kid. This idea that she was going to forget what happened to her husband, but then the word would trigger it. Right. But people just don't know. So they're always afraid to say the wrong thing. And I, I do get that. 
I mean, I've said, you know, one of my friends, he had a uh, one of his best friends committed suicide. And I just re- remember, like, in conversation with him saying, like, oh, my God, you know, I'm so, you know, I've been writing this book. I want to fucking kill myself. <laughs> and then going, um, but not like the way that he did, like, in a different, you know, like, backpedaling and just eating shit the whole time. And I was like, he's like, I know what you meant, you know, like, but it was funny because for me, that was my first thing to say something. And then I went, yeah, I didn't mean to do that. Like, I'm sorry. I remember after my friend committed suicide for the longest time, I couldn't say, if that happens, I'm going to blow my brains out. Or if that happens, I'm going to kill myself. But I remember that was sort of a was, turning point for me yeah. or a, 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 a marker when I got to the point where I could say it colloquially again. Mm, yeah. This certainly took a dark and um, philosophical turn at the end, don't you think? I really think it did. Yeah. I liked it. though. I'm fine. It was a good closer. You know what else you probably hate, seeing as you live all the way up the hill? Hey, now listen, tell me, Allison, what do you think that I could potentially hate? Let's transition smoothly. I feel like you probably hate having to go all the way to a drugstore to buy razors. To buy razors? Well, no, I'm going to start using no-no and get rid of all my hair. (laughs) But but, But I can't use it on my asshole or pubes. That's, so that's a very, go. very fair point. And when you do need to take care of your asshole or pubes and don't want to go down the hill, yeah. I would suggest that you use Dollar Shave Club. Because they'll send the razors right to your door. Get the F And out. you don't even need to deal with having to, like, you know how the razors are all behind a cage? I don't know why. And there's a key and all of because that. Because people kill themselves with them. Is that? I don't think that's what it is. It's so I convenient think it's to have them delivered. <laughs> I think that's because people steal them. That's what I think stuff is. To chop up is. cocaine? No, because they're so small and they're super fucking expensive if you don't use Dollar Shave Club. If you go to, like, the Walgreens and you want, like, six razors, that's, like, $25. Razors are actually insanely expensive. They really are, and they're easy to keister. Yeah. After you've, you know, you know, And I I, And I do appreciate a good, like, the more blades that they'll put on razors, the happier I get. Very sincerely... Yeah. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> I to recommend honest, Dollar Shave Club. Do you? Really good quality razors and so much cheaper and so much more convenient. And you're going to use them. So just sign up. You're going to. Smarter. Otherwise, you'll be gross. Exactly. You'll be an Uber driver and then you'll have to go drive Uber cars. Dollar, exactly. DollarShaveClub.com's plans start at just $3 a month. You sign up once. It takes two minutes. Then sit back and the blades arrive like clockwork. <laughs> you can shave with a fresh blade every week. No membership fee. No commitment. They have a money back guarantee. So you have nothing to lose by trying them out. Stop driving to the store for overpriced razors. Do what I did. Just join, join DollarShaveClub.com slash Rosen. That's DollarShaveClub.com I'm going to shave the shit out of myself. I'm so excited. I'm going to join. I'm Perfect. Doing it. I'm you all should. over it. I'm doing you it right seriously now. should. It's, it, it makes your life so much easier. I'm ready. Jenny Johnson. Allison Rosen. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on my show. Thank you for and having talking me. about all manner of stuff. I hope you didn't lose any um, advertisers due to my uh, poor. Well, language. that's something we all hope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I did. I love all of them, by the way. Blue Apron, No No, Shave Club, Audible, Audible. Oh my God, love them all. Perfect. Way Listen, into I don't think that we're really going to lose any sponsors. We have a ringtone available. Oh yeah. Hey. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. That also it. was a really good segue. You can get that on your iPhone by I just, searching Hey Go Fuck Yourself in the iTunes store. That's right. We have two special bonus episodes available recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival. The first one with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. Second one with Doug Benson, musician Matt Costa, and much of the Thursday gang. Those are $1.99 in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. If I said section weird, I know. I said sexin'. 
I said it weird both times. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, perhaps, what are some things we talked about? Things that you, a microwave? Microwave. Um, Dancing cat speaker. I bought that on Amazon while I took an Ambien. Also, <laughs> right. All sorts True of story. things. Click through the banner on my website, AlisonRosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does help out the show. Okay. So people can find you on Twitter at Jenny Johnson, high five, H-I, the number five. And on Instagram, same thing. And anything else people should keep their eyes peeled for or look um, for? My book, Immature Adult, that will be out next summer, or this summer, excuse me, summer 2015. Um, go back and watch me on Drunk History if you want. That was the season finale with Jen Kirkman, who has her, her book, book on that Audible. I love. And I love Jen Kirkman. She's really funny on this episode, the First Ladies one. And, uh, yeah, go to GQ Magazine, type my name in, and you can read all my uh, previous articles that I've written. Perfect. And you can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. You can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. Kaylin still refuses to get onto social media. Is that right? Yeah, it's not my thing. He's waiting for that next sweet spot like Jenny got. <laughs> right. Yeah. There you go. It'll, it'll, it's coming. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys yeah, well. so much. What did you say? What? What? Huh? Okay, great. What? <laughs> that was Kaylin's Corner. Yeah, it was. That was Kaylin's Corner. Hello. Yay! Yay! <laughs> For origins of that, you have to listen to the Thursday show. This show comes out twice a week. It's also out on Thursdays. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed um, it. I love you guys. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison we had a good time, but now we gotta go. Thank you for choosing the Allison Rosen Show. Allison Rosen is your new best friend.
Now that the show's over, don't forget to check out Blue Apron. Blue Apron sends gourmet recipes and all the fresh ingredients you need to make them right to your door. Go to blueapron.com and see what's on the menu this week. To get your first two meals free, make sure you go to blueapron.com slash allison. That's blueapron.com slash allison.